Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome in to Attacking these are our post-game reactions on Women's Champions League. They just finished today, so this is our first immediate reaction show in a while, guys. I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm Jenny Chu here with Sandra Herrera, Lisa Carlin, and Christine Cupo. Um, so excited to be here for you guys. Um, Courtney being our producer today on the show, and Adriana as well. We want to give them our thanks, as always, and Mark doing all the things on StreamYard. So that was just introducing everyone that's a part of this right now. Now we have to talk about these matches. So first of all, Group C action, the biggest one with the most goals today. Well, not the most goals, tied for most goals. Roma against Bayern Munich, and this was absolute chaos because this match ends 2-2. Two to two. Roma holds a lead for a very long time, and then towards the end of the match, things get a little bit chaotic. Sandra, take us through that one. It's uh, everything we wanted it to be, honestly. At least maybe I'm only speaking for myself in, in that sense. I Look, I, I, think, I, I think the last time we even touched on some of this was right right before these games were even going to kick off. And I think that's what you want when it comes to this phase of the group stage. I know at least for me, it's like, oh, it's like we're getting to the end. I'm like, no, 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 this this is it. This is the end. There's not a lot of time here uh, for, for teams to go ahead and, and make their stamp or claim their place in the next round of this competition. And I think for neutrals, Watching the end of this game kind of play out delightful, right? You're like, oh, wow, isn't that great? But I'm sorry. If you're someone rocking either of those kits, Roma, Bayern, you're like, what just happened? How do, where do we go from here? And I think on that side, when you're looking at what comes next out of that group for those two teams, you're like, is it really going to come down to this final day? Yes. What's it got to take? What are the scenarios? How much of our, our uh, destiny is within our own control? And and that and that part troublesome, I, especially, and, and maybe Kupo can take the lead on this, especially maybe if you're on the Roma side of things where it maybe just felt for the briefest of moments that they had done what they needed to do. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what it felt like in, in this match because Roma essentially, I, I mean, 
they needed to win this match, hands down. And meanwhile, Bayern, they had just come off of uh, over a month break. Now, they did play a friendly in there, but they hadn't played a lot of games and a lot of reps. So were they, were they going to be rusty? Or is there going to be some moments of that? And I frankly think there were moments where Bayern was really rusty and Roma was able to capitalize on that. Uh, it, for instance, the opening goal in the 32nd minute, Bayern has conceded four goals in the last 15 minutes of the first half um, throughout this season. Four goals. So that is a moment where Bayern falls asleep at the end of those first halves and Roma able to capitalize on it. But I mean, at the end of this game, like, holy cow, three goals after the 85th minute. Let's go. I was so excited for this one by the end of it. It was incredible. Bayern equalizes in the 85th minute. Um, Leah Schuler says, like, no way, Romer, you're not getting out that easily. Um, and then by stoppage time, there's two more goals. Roma's at the back of the top of Group C. And then ultimately, it all finishes on a set piece for Bayern. And, and they level things out 2-2 at the very end of it. I am a, very much in neutral on this one, as much as I do love those Roma kits. And it was just goals <laughs> and excitement and end-to-end, especially at the end, right? Like, it was had me on the edge of the seat. It was a lot of fun to watch this match. So my big thing with coming into this match was you already heard from Alessandro Spugna about how Roma had not started off this year the way that they had planned. So... Acknowledging that they've just coming off of a loss of Supercoppa Italiana against Juve, uh, now losing in the quarterfinals for Coppa Italia against Napoli, and a loss on Saturday against Inter 2-0. They're a little bit bruised in the ego. They're not playing how they usually do. I think that a lot of it has been attributed to fitness, which is completely warranted. Um Sonia had already mentioned that, you know, even coming toward the end of the year and coming into this year, the focus coming into this match was going to be on regrouping. This was going to be a regroup team. Uh, they haven't really had a chance to um, train properly because they've been playing every three days, which, as you can imagine, especially splitting up competitions, is really, really aggressive on these players. And that aside, they're still sitting at the top of the table for Serie A Femenile, um, but that's only three points ahead of Juve and another five ahead of Fiorentina. So they have a massive task at hand with that having been said that first goal is listen Giacinti and Giuliano are going to always 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 pick bones clean if you give them the chance because they will poach right in that box you cannot all willy-nilly think that you're going to play it out the back like that that's how Roma are always attacking I think I was a little bit surprised that they slumped a little bit given that they kind of like drew a level but three goals after the 87th minute is insane in any match Mm-hmm. I think it's tough to take a look at that too and sort of see how, oh my gosh, I, it's painful even just kind of re- recollecting this, but to like, if you're Roma, you're like, wow, we really just let one player kind of dictate how this yeah. game went over the course of the final 10 minutes. Like that's a little bit of salt in the wound with Leo Schiller. Yeah. I, I think we're seeing a lot of the same uh, sort of behaviors that Roma are not necessarily known for, but it's been a lack of fitness, not winning second balls, and then also just a lack of finishing. That after each and every one of these losses, it's been the same story. So it's almost becoming problematic in that it's their signature if they're going to lose. I think it's interesting. Like coming into this, I was assuming that Bayern Munich would be a much better squad. Um, and then I saw Roma in the first half, especially kind of dominating in some areas, especially when they're trying to, when Bayern is trying to play out of the back. I was like, Roma, Roma's going to eat this up. Um, just considering the leagues mentally in my head where I rate them, I thought that Roma came out much better um, than Bayern Munich did. And and to see like how 
the game management happened to see that Bayern had so many opportunities. They had so much more of the possession and to not be able to put the game away earlier on, I thought was interesting and not, not what I expected from the match. But the fact that Roma had the lead for so long and then gave it up in the last few minutes, like how do you explain that one, Lisa? Yeah, Jenny, I think you make a really a fair and honest point when you're talking about the two different leagues, right? In the Bundesliga and then out in this in Syria Feminina with both of these sides, you would imagine Bayern to be a, a little bit more intense or at least have a little bit more momentum. They are coming off of that long break. As Christine Kupo mentioned, Roma, they didn't have a lot of time. This was their adjustment game to kind of get back into things. However, the last 15 minutes, it it became do or die for these sides, right? You could feel that in the match because if Roma lost, they're out of Champions League. If they win, they need those wins. So like uh, for Bayern, they also were in a situation where they're trying to clinch the quarterfinals. And that's why match day five is so fun in the Champions League because you get these moments where chaos ensues and you could see both teams actually turn it up a notch because after um, Bayern was able to equalize in the 85th minute, it was a, a moment for Roma and Greggy, I believe that's how you say it, Christine, almost equalized, gets another one, right? Almost gets one back for Roma in the exact same moment, in a transition moment, ends up getting one just shot off the mark. Frankly, it wasn't good enough. It, it was like a mental lapse in moments like that in in which the other op- the other team couldn't capitalize. So meanwhile, oh um, when when Roma does get a goal, it's because Bayern throws all their numbers forward and they're trying to get higher and Roma's able to capitalize it on transition, a really quick throw-in, and then before you know it, Roma gets a goal off of that throw-in um, in, in the stoppage time. I think that's also got to be like the the really frustrating thing for for Bayern it's just like yeah so here's here are the ways that like this was frustrating for for Roma but like I think Jenny you're correct in pointing out like how they Bayern had like some of these like really dominant stretches of the game and I think that in itself is like it just goes back to that age-old concept of like you can you can have all the ball that you want you can win it you can retain the possession you can even have more touches more passes whatever than the other team but if you do not finish your chances you're gonna get cooked and like yeah sure they're walking out of this with a draw with a point but I think that was part of the game that we saw. We saw two teams coming into this game knowing what was at stake and kind of playing with a little bit of that sense of urgency outside, whether it was Bayern trying to hit these high lines at some points or Roma maybe trying to absorb that and, and you know, Connor when, when they could. So um, tough, tough to see this one come down to a draw. Okay, so let's go ahead and move on within Group C action. So PSG is currently leading that group with nine points with the win today. Ajax, seven points. Uh, Bayern Munich, six. Roma, five. Like Lisa mentioned there, for a moment there, Roma was top of the group if they had gotten that win and then unable to do so. Um, So let's move on to the other match in that group. That is PSG against Ajax. And I know it's very hard to watch both matches at once, but um, that's a 3-1 win for PSG. Pretty dominant um, for this one, Christine. You're giving me some arms here like you want to talk. Tell me about it. I I just, (laughs) I love Marie Antoinette Pitoto. I adore her. So Mac attack with the race. I, I kind of saw that coming, you know, this was, this was going to be her time to shine. It's so, so nice to have her back. Um, that entire time that she was out with her ACL is just a crime against all football fans. Um, but just seeing her get to play and all of them just movement, they just were dominant for me. Um, even without possession, I just seemed like they had the game more under control than Ajax did. Um, 
And for me, I do have a little bit of a PSG bias because I do mm-hmm. like a number of those French players. I don't think that's unfair at all to, to right? say. I mean, what a, what a turnaround <laughs> for them. I think when we're looking at these groups and we're looking at these matches as the group stage is kind of closing things out and PSG is one of those teams that we were looking at and saying, what's what's going on here? Are, are they going to have enough? Are they going to turn things around? And going into the final match of the group stage, they're sitting on top of, of their group. So I think a part of that is like Kubo touched on the fact that you have such a star quality player unavailable or at this point, they were kind of cautious in her return back. I think we've seen this player. We know whether it's for club or for country. Kototo has been essential for them. So they've tried to navigate this injury and rehab it as best they can, not trying to push her too quickly. So um, I think this is the type of game that you look at and you say, okay, we're let's, let's get in cruise control now and try to make sure we, we handle our business moving forward. So throughout this match, of course, Maria Antoinette Kototo, right, dominant. She's back. She looks great. I was impressed with Chawinga, who played a different role in this match than we've seen her play typically, where she wasn't necessarily the one being the most opposing threat. She didn't, she wasn't double teamed all the time. And so she was able to use that to her advantage on the wings with her really good first touch, her movement off the ball to create space for Kototo, um, their combination up top, and her ability to use her first touch to create space, eliminate defenders, and ultimately um, play a really pivotal role in this PSG game that I think went unnoticed at times. Even her off-ball movement when PSG was defending against Ajax, her ability to like slot into the holes and and cut off passing lanes, it wasn't – your eye wasn't always drawn to her, but if you kept an eye on Chewinga and what she was doing, um, it was really influential in the match and ultimately helped PSG get the win. Beautiful, guys. So I want to make sure that we cover this because this is match day five. So there's match day six, the final match day. So that's why the points matter. And I just want to like reverberate. Reverberate? Is that the correct word here? I don't know. Um, PSG with nine points. Ajax with seven points. Bayern Munich with six. And Roma with five. With that being said, the next match day is Tuesday. So that has Ajax against Roma and Bayern against PSG. So with that being said, how do we see this play out? Because the way that I'm counting it in my head without any paper and pen here, just in my head, everyone still has a chance to go. Yeah. Um, So there's absolute chaos in this group. Yeah, complete chaos, Jenny. Absolute chaos in this group. Um, I I got to talk yesterday on Galazzo Network about this match day five. And in group C, they asked me, are we going to get answers after match day five? And I said, absolutely not. It's just (laughs) way too close in this group. The competition is way too high. And I mean, I hate to say it, but I was right, everyone. It is going to come down to the final match day in this Group C. And I think that was kind of evident from when these groups were drawn, right? A Group C looked like the group of death with all of these teams. I mean, Ajax being number one in the group heading into match day five was really impressive for them. It just continued to shake things up. Roma never wanted to call themselves out of it, even in match day five, right? Going up and and getting that early goal, being in it for so long. Um, And and that's exactly what we're seeing. It, It is looking like, in my opinion, that PSG is going to go through against Bayern. I just, the way that these clubs are in their form right now, I I feel stronger about PSG and their ability to get points over Bayern um, to push them through to the quarterfinals round. 
I don't disagree with the um, PSG shout making it through, but I feel like Roma can still do it. Like, like you said, a lot of you guys have talked about how they were just getting, you know, the hang of things. They've been off for a little while, but the quality, the individual quality um, in the Italian league has really surprised me, Kupo. And I know that's something that you've been telling us about so much um, for us to pay attention and to notice how good these players are. But I've been an absolute fan. So Adriana, our researcher, is telling us that Roma need to win and Bayern have to not win for that to go through. So if PSG bits Bayern um, and then Roma wins their match against Ajax, that is a possibility. So exciting stuff it. here. Exciting stuff here because it all goes down to match day six. And I'm hoping that we have a show with immediate reactions to uh, <laughs> again telling us that she told us so because that's something that we, we definitely <laughs> had two players that were voted Guardians 2023 best players in the world in Kumagai and Giuliano, uh, top 100. So I'm just saying, I'm still riding with Roma for this. I think that, you know, Bayern maybe had a little bit of an advantage today in that they had a bit more rest. Uh, over Roma. And so that makes all the difference sometimes. Uh, Roma come back, just hammering. We'll see what happens. So I just want Roma to go through so Christine Cupo can keep saying all these beautiful Italian names in her Right. <laughs> all right, Cupo, you just said Roma you think is going through. Who is your other pick? Uh, For Group C? It has to be PSG. Yeah. I need a whiteboard that's like dangerous minds that I don't marker to be able to figure out if so, then this one will work. Yeah. But All right. I'm pretty sure for me to get my way, PSG have to go through. So that's it. Final answer. You had good things to say about PSG too. So it sounds like um, that's all That's all well and, and happiness there. Um, Sandra, will you tell us your two going through in Group C as well, please? Oh boy. You know, if, if today was, if match day five was anything like type of foreshadowing for, for match day six, maybe we're going to get some more draws and like really have some kind of nail biters uh, along the way. I, I hate it. I would hate to see that, that, that Bayern PSG one come down to a, a, a drop, but we saw a certain level from Bayern today where maybe they're going to want to try to capitalize on some of the things, those missed opportunities that they had against Roma. But I don't know if they're going to actually get that against a squad uh, like PSG. So I, I do see PSG kind of, Going, going through and and hanging on uh, to things, but I I'm here for for the chaos, so I'm I'm gonna say maybe be a little different because I feel like everyone's partial to Roma here, so I'm gonna say Paris and uh, Ajax are gonna get through. Woo! Well, Sandra. not everyone's partial because Lisa's face is saying that she agrees with you. Sandra, I mean, what else is new, bud? We we tend to agree <laughs> a lot of our, our predictions. Um, hands down, PSG is so hot right now with this this winning streaks. Eight games, they've got 32 goals since December 10th, and they've only conceded five. And then when you look just at Champions League for PSG, they, that's their third straight Champions League win, and. Uh, they didn't score any goals in their first two Champions League matches. So they are hitting stride at the exact right time. They're going to bury Bayern um, and advance to the quarterfinal. Meanwhile, I think Ajax is going to have it in uh, over Roma, just with the way Ajax can be so disciplined on the ball, right? They can also capitalize on opportunities and take advantage of opponents' mistakes. And I don't think Roma's going to have enough time to turn things around, tighten things up on all ends of the field. Ajax is really physical and they're really organized. So because of all that, I'm going Ajax and PSG. 
All right, that's half and half there. We have Kupo on her pundit squares. Pun yeah, pundit? Punnit or pundit? Pundit. <laughs> okay, so Courtney is wrong there because I was I always thought it was pundit. Um, okay. <laughs> she said pundit again. She's going with it. It's punnit. It's punnit. All right, guys, pundit. Pundit. is it pundit or pundit square? Like at us. Yeah, at us. I don't know. I don't know about this one. Uh Christine is dying of laughter right now. So we're going to go ahead and move on to group D because I want to make sure that everyone wants to and listens to this the whole way through. Group D action, I'm going to read out these and then I'll tell you about the matches real quick. You guys will break them down for us. Group D, Chelsea is currently in the lead with 11 points. Hawken with 8 points. Paddy FC, 7 points. And Real Madrid with only 1 point at the bottom of the table. Um... Very interesting matchups here. Why don't we start with the Chelsea-Real Madrid match? Because that's the one I had on my big screen. Um, why don't we start with who stood out? Because obviously Mia Fischel gets to start today. Sam Kerr with the injury was a big one. Um, I don't know. Let me try to choose who looks the most interested in this match. Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> Sandra, just look at like the line face emoji. I'm always interested in whatever Chelsea's got going on, but I will I will say I do appreciate Real coming out here and putting up a bit of a fight, maybe about an hour yeah. or so they had in them. Look, I was curious as to what energy we were going to see from, from well, them. Well, guys, we're playing for vibes, Sandra. Come on. I mean, look, at this point, you're going in this and you know you don't have a path forward. Your destiny is is already been decided prior to like before even coming into this game. So what were we gonna, what were we going to see from from this team? But I think to keep Chelsea scoreless at home for an hour, there's something to be said there a little bit about what Champions League is and what it means to participate within this competition. Even if you find yourself as one of those iconic franchises that is eliminated from possibly even going forward, you're saying, okay, well, we get a chance to come in here and go toe-to-toe and play a, maybe a little bit of spoiler. I thought there were good performance uh, from Katie Robles on the back line there, but I think there was a lot of attention around how Chelsea was going to try to maybe capitalize on that possible opportunity? Will they come out here and kind of make quick work of a Real Madrid that does not have a path forward? Maybe they might look lackadaisical and just kind of be through the motions, and that's not what they were met with. I know we had some excitement in seeing Mia Fischel get an opportunity to get on out there. Had a couple of uh, missed uh, moments there. I think that's kind of tough, and we saw her end up coming out, I think, because of it. Chelsea and Emma Hayes making those adjustments to try to make sure that they were in the best position to just get things done today. And that's what good things do. And Chelsea got it. When Mia Fischel is very interesting to watch with this Chelsea side, because I think there's an element of a lack of confidence when she doesn't score. And that is something that as a, of course, as a striker and a number nine, you want to have all your confidence and you also want to score goals. But if that's not happening, how can Emma Hayes and Emmy Official herself make sure that she stays engaged in the game, that she stays involved, that she stays creating chances? Because ultimately that'll come. I think that's going to be the biggest struggle for Chelsea moving forward, especially because of how badly they want a Champions League title. That is, it, they're going to have to work on Mia Official's confidence and being able to um, have a role during a game. And if it's not working, adjust to it, be able to adapt to what the opposition's showing her, work with the players around her, and not get frustrated with herself. It doesn't look like visible frustration, but I just, 
I feel like there's something underneath for Fischl that if she's not scoring goals, which she didn't this past weekend in Super League play, it was LJ, Lauren James, who ended up getting a hat trick. Is there a level of confidence drop for Fischl? And did we see that like reverberate out on the pitch today? Reverberate out, <laughs> Back with the vocabulary. Lisa, I think that you have such a great point. And I'm so glad that you kind of isolate her or, you know, make a make a point to mention this because she wasn't very active, you know, and I think that maybe that confidence or whatever it is may play a part. And then Lauren James comes in and completely makes a difference um, when that swap happens. I think what you're saying about Emma Hayes and making sure that like mentally she's good in terms of when she's not, not performing her best or not scoring, how do you stay involved in the play? Right? Because it's not all goals, especially in that position. You can play off, you can make runs and help your team in so many other ways. And it felt like she wasn't necessarily doing the the other work, right? Besides the scoring goal. Succeeding in that sense, then you still have to make your runs. You still have to, you know, um, shoulder the the defender so she's paying attention to you it seemed like she was kind of like locked out if she wasn't doing exactly what she wanted to do I think that that's such a good analysis of what's happening um and for Emma Hayes to take a look at that and her teammates to take a look at that and how does she move past that um specifically here when she's kind of taking up a role um in place of Sam Kerr you know quote unquote if you're listening to this on podcast version quote unquote in place of Sam Kerr those are big shoes to fill um so that's a lot of pressure I think, and how well, I think you're on to something, Lisa, because a lot of the time, especially with goal scorers like that, right? And this is in no way um, to disparage uh, Liga Amakis, uh, but it's a, a different league. They, right. They have a different thing. What happens is a lot of specifically goal scorers and also strikers, natural goal scorers that you see that have flourished sometimes have like big fish, small pond, and then the inverse happens. And I can't imagine that wouldn't be the case when you're playing beside LJ. Okay. And that doesn't mean that, you know, her skill level doesn't rise to her level and she doesn't continue to grow. But I think that when you start to compare yourself to somebody who's almost textbook perfect in terms of footballer, like equally good left and right foot, powerful, really, really high football IQ. When you're somebody like Mia coming into a side like that, and now I know specifically Emma is probably the best person to come in under, but Emma's already given marching orders that are very much the squad's job to score goals now. And she said that in pressers, which doesn't put the onus specifically just on Mia to score the goals. But when you see LJ start to climb where she's like, okay, I'll do it myself. Mm-hmm. Personally, exactly. I know that my confidence would be a little bit shaken. Totally, totally. Yeah, you have to admit. That. I don't think it's unfair to to mention or or touch on. I mean, it's a big, it's a it's a big game in the sense where it's like this is this is Champions League, right? It's a big stage. These are the we're talking about the the final two games of the group stage when your team is in a group that's coming down to these final two games. I think when we've seen me official in, in some of these positions, she has kind of been a player to thrive when she's been an option off of the bench. I think we've seen her help turn things around in international appearances with the United States women's national team. And I think maybe we might see that moving forward, uh, you know, with Chelsea as Emma Hayes is kind of maybe kind of tinkering herself still trying to figure out that recipe that works best for this Chelsea side in light of losing a Sam Kerr. 
how are you going to manage these player minutes moving forward? Because it's, look, this is still Chelsea. Let's not act like there's not like a, you know, they're at a lack of depth for attacking minded players. I mean, even when this starting 11 dropped, it's like, hey, look at all these great players that can come in here and do this stuff. You have Lauren James on the bench. That's fine, actually, because you've got uh, a Cuthbert or official, you know, out there. Jones off the bench. You got Wrighton on the field. Like they have a lot of attacking power, uh, whether or not it's the two of them. And I think that that's just the emphasis that Emma makes on it's the squad's job to score the goals. Now you can't just, yeah, yeah. it's one. interesting to, it's interesting to note. Shout out to, to Adriana. We wanted to see officials actual 45 minute stats. So 16 touches, eight pass attempts, five pass completions, and two shots. So uh, a 0.56 and it's expected goal. So maybe over the course of the 45 minutes, you go back and take a look at that as the nine and say, Hey, where are some things that I could have improved on? Totally. Forward. All of these are such great points. And Lisa, I really ap- applaud you for, for pointing that out. I did want to make sure that we had a little shout out for Guru Wrighton and how her role within Chelsea has expanded so much. I mean, I think back two, three seasons and she was just always on the left side, but like never really thought about her as the main player. And now she's stepping up to take the penalty kicks. She's the one that's like the most active and controlling that left side um, more so than, than other players. And congratulations to her on, on all of the growth that she's had in that role. Yeah, she really had a breakout season last year. That kind of like injury renaissance where they come back and you're like, wait, are you the same player or way better? Beautiful to see. Should we move on to the next one? Just because uh, Chelsea is already through with this win. Real Madrid is out. So let's talk about Hawken and Petty FC because those are still out to fight for that spot and potentially in the third spot, maybe going through. Is that did I did I do that right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, okay. yeah, they're so, still alive. Hawken and Perry FC with the draw, nil, nil here. Um, a lot of things stood out to me in in this match. Um, first of all, excited about the fact that Hawken was so good. You know, we've talked same, about Perry FC, Jenny, and I was screaming for Hawken. I'm like, wow, I had no idea that this was like gonna be that. Um, I don't know, exciting in the sense that the players have flair. You know, it's not just. Yeah. A, a fluke. These players individually are really, really good. And, yeah. and I would say, as ignorant as, as I can sound here, I didn't know Hawken had all of that. Jenny, are you just admitting that you don't listen you. to me when I come <laughs> on this show? What are you doing, girl? It is all about hecking. I said, tis the season, okay? I said, tis the season during the holidays and when they were kind of closing out 2023. And I think similar. it was a similar vibe for me with, with Roma and Bayern that we got with Paris and Hecken in this one. It, the only difference I think was the goals, right? We ended up not really getting that side of it, yeah. but that wasn't for lack of entertainment or entertaining soccer that we were witnessing on the pitch between these two sides. And I think those, those two games in particular, Roma Bayern and Paris and Hecken, I think kind of gave that type of energy that I wanted to see in a match day five, going into a final match of the group stage. It's like you have two teams that are very, or four teams in this sense, who are very aware of what's at stake moving forward and what should happen for them in order to make sure that they advance. And they're coming out there with a very specific sense of urgency. Albeit they've got different game plans to try to execute that, but the urgency you kind of felt was still there within the energy between the lines and these teams. So no goals. A massive opportunity missed for Hagen with that penalty. I do not think that was a well-taken penalty. I forgot about that. You wow. know what I mean? No, and again, this is 
this is not to yeah. make it say that yeah. you know Nadozia had didn't make a good save. She did. She had ex- no. another excellent game for Paris, but that was equally on the other side. That not a great uh, take in PK. So tough, tough to to have an opportunity like that and not capitalize. Both sides should be frustrated with their result in this match because neither one looked to play their best full full game right consistently over a ninety minute stretch. And except maybe for the exception of the goalkeeper from Nadozier because she had a fantastic game. But in neither side were able to capitalize on the chances that they created, finish their opportunities. When you look at how they should have had one or two in the first half. They they should have. It was they came so close, they were creating opportunities and they couldn't, they couldn't finish. So I think frustration will be a topic of conversation for both of these sides post-game and and how they prepare for match day six in the Champions League because it needed to be tighter all around the board. Uh, Frankly, like Nadozia really kept um, her side in this game hands down for Petty FC. Otherwise, Hawkins should have advanced and that would have been history, right? But these sides looking for their first ever quarterfinal Champions League berth. Yeah, Hacken looked infinitely better than I expected them to be. So I apologize for not listening to every single thing that Sandra says. Um, but they, they looked really good on or off the ball. All of a sudden, I was like, where are they getting all this flair and flourish? Where we're back healing as we're just making runs up? What's happening? Um, but Nadozia was my MVP of this game, hands oh, down, even though she ended the game nearly looking like a mummy. She was oh. so wrapped up. She got abused. Okay, between like the run up where oh, she got like in the back of the watch. head, knee, her, getting her knee checked, it was a lot. Like she deserves yeah. more than a high five after that match. It I was, think that was one of my reactions. I was like, they got her out here dying for what? For no yeah. I was like, Jesus. But I, one thing I do have to say though is like that was not the Perry FC that bounced my Arsenal side. I think <laughs> I expect better of them at this point where I'm like, I take it personally. Y'all better continue to show up. So, Chris, I have to ask you this, because as a huge Arsenal fan, are you of the fan base where now you want the team that knocked you out to advance, win the whole thing? Or do you want them also to fail and be knocked out? Um, I you, Typically, I tend to lean, depending upon, as long as it's not a rivalry, I'll say Be that. a hater, girl. I usually <laughs> go with this side, a side that bounces, I feel like if it was warranted that they won and they're the better side, then I'm more than willing to align myself with them because I feel like, hey, if you're going to beat my side, you better uh, either win the we're very bad or you're way better and you better be better every single time. So it's a little bit of an irritation for me to not see a, a more finely tuned Prairie FC, given that they've been like built the giant killer this season. You know what? There was there was one play that I wanted to mention. Jennifer Falk absolutely keeps Hawken in the match with that close range save okay. in like the 60th minute, keeps it scoreless. But that absolutely would have changed everything. I mean, there was a lot of opportunities. I love a keeper. I love a keeper. Yeah, battle. good stuff. You deserve to shout there yeah. for sure. Um, and I was trying to I don't know all the pronunciations sometimes because other languages really really I struggle with. Um, but Rosa for Hawken really mm-hmm. stood out to me as a player that like has has it. And I don't see her being with Hawken for for too long. Just like in her in her oh, skirt. No. I agree. Ooh. Yep. Where, Where do you want to see her, her go, Jenny? She's a yeah. You Somewhere can just, else? you know when you like watch like five seconds, not five seconds, five minutes of a game, and you're like, "Yep, that's her. That's how I feel yeah. about it." Sandra, am I wrong? Talk to me. You know, I don't I look. I don't disagree. I didn't like the way she took the penalty kick, but that's not <laughs> to say I didn't like the rest of what she was given during the game. Twenty year old Swedish international. 
she's only going to go up. I don't, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't see her staying at Hecken for very long. It just depends on who's already scouting her. Will she go to, you know, women's super league? Will she venture out even further? Stay tuned. Beautiful. All right, guys, let's go ahead and try to see um, who we think the team is that's going to go out with Chelsea. So like I mentioned, Real Madrid already out. Chelsea's going through. So between Hawken and Perry FC, um, Lisa, start us off. Who's going through? Uh, this one's really ticky, tricky, Jenny. But um, based on, I mean, Perry FC, they had to win this game. They had to win this match against Hawken in order to keep, in my eyes, keep their chances alive because they go up against the Blues in match day six. And Chelsea at this point looks... Um, it, like they're just going to roll over this Perry FC side if they play as they did in match day five. Meanwhile, Hawken going up against Real Madrid and already eliminated side who we saw give a great run against Chelsea today. But ultimately, I'm going to go with Hawken. I think that they're just a little bit stronger overall and all around. And um, going up against a side that's already eliminated has to give them a bit of confidence. Can they score goals? Just stay consistent in what they're doing. Um, so I'm going to give it to Hawken. And then, of course, Chelsea. Christine. It's hard. Um, obviously, Chelsea. Am I going to go Hawken? Am I going to go Perry FC? <laughs> Clearly, your life depends on it. Hawken looks so good today. <laughs> right, it does. I'm, I'm worried that my every all my fortunes will just like go right down the drain if I pick the wrong team right now. As somebody that definitely doesn't gamble. Um, I'm going to go. I'll go Perry FC. Well, that's what we'll do. Yeah. I respect it. Yeah. Yes. They have, they've had a good run so far, and if they knocked your arsenal out, it makes sense. Sandra, where are you going? I, where am I staying? Okay? Look. <laughs> it's going to be right. Chelsea. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Chelsea because we already know. And I really, I really have enjoyed watching Heck and get out here in this group and really kind of shake things up. I think folks kind of had them a little bit underrated considering where they – for some folks, maybe came out of nowhere, but this is a team that has kind of shaken things up within their own domestic league and have kind of obviously carried that over into this group stage. So I'm staying with Hecken. I hope they get things settled. They're going to close out this group stage just like they opened it up with a win over Real Madrid, and they're going to go with Chelsea. I got to agree with you there just because of who they play, right? Perry FC is up against Chelsea. Like Lisa mentioned there, Real Madrid up against Hakan. Real Madrid already out of it. How much importance are they going to do there when in the league they have to they have to take some steps forward? So. Let's also hope that Linda Caicedo just took a knock and that's not something uh, more that she's yeah, back I mean, That really worried me. Yes. You could almost see her toe dip into the turf as she was getting dragged. And I was like, that's not, no, that's not good. I do want to say, guys, please don't forget to vote for us in the Diverse Voices Award. Um, this is the last chance to vote for us. And we really, really, if you ever have ever listened to us, take the two seconds to give us a vote because we are the epitome of diverse voices here. You know, I am Mexican and Chinese, y'all. Um, I by myself am two things. Sandra is all things diverse. Lisa you know, we have Christine, we have um, Courtney, we have Adriana, we have um, Darian. 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 We have Sorry, Jordan. I was thinking of back. Yeah. Um, Aaron West. We have Aaron West on. Guys, there's just, there's so much. We're changing it up every week, honestly. So it's all good. Um, we have Munia, who's on the show as well. Zoe's on the show for us. Like, okay. Anyways, um, I've been, I'm being told to stop to just stop doing what I'm doing. So just trying to give love to all the people for us. I love the shout out. That's a shout, you know, Um, 
I'm really glad we got to do this, guys. Hopefully, we'll see you guys on Friday for another episode of this wonderful show. We'll be covering Champions League as well and all NWSL stuff. Uh, We'll see you next time. 